All right, week three of our series, Mission 2021, Continue the Quest. We're looking at our third mission partner, the Community Kitchen. The next two weeks, we're going to look at Nightlight. Nightlight will be here next week, and we'll kind of do an interview with them. But and I'm excited about that. For those of you that don't know a lot about Nightlight, we'll get an opportunity to learn about what it is that they do. And um, we'll just save all that goodness for next week. But uh, excited for that. And then the following Sunday, just kind of giving you a, a forward-looking view of what's going to happen. We're going to have an all-worship Sunday, which I think is going to be uh, or an all-music Sunday. It's all-worship, right, Rodney? Uh, an all-music Sunday, but we'll have a great opportunity. That's the week before Easter, and so I think it'll be a really awesome time to just come and, and strip everything down and praise God uh, for that full time and be able to just completely dive in uh, to worship without having to think about uh, anything else. And so I would encourage you to be here for that, uh, but I'm excited for what's coming up in the next couple of weeks and um, looking forward to that. Now, uh, as I said, we're looking at the community kitchen. I think all of us know what it's like to be hungry, okay? Uh, meaning we all kind of have that hunger pain from time to time. Some of us get hangry, right? Uh, some of us like have to have a Girl Scout cookie immediately or we're ready to fight people. I'm just kidding, Allie. Uh, <laughs> but Wow, way to go, Chase. Failing. Uh, so if anybody has a connection to Girl Scout cookies, Allie would love some. More importantly, the baby would love some. Um, but uh, like I was saying, we all kind of know what it is to experience hunger. Now, the, the thing is that not very many of us know what it's like to be food insecure or to experience food insecurity. Food insecurity is defined or describes a household's inability to provide enough food for every person to live an active and healthy lifestyle. One in nine, that's 11% of families in the United States deal with food insecurity. So for every 11 families that you come across, one of them struggles to regularly put food on the table in a manner that would allow them to support a healthy and active lifestyle. In the state of Missouri, that number is actually 15%. It jumps. And predictions are that with the COVID pandemic that we've had over the last years, when they kind of go back and do their study, that number will, as, will arise or rise up to as high as 61%. Well more than half of families right now are struggling to put food on the table. And so I think that we have a duty and we have a job to provide for those people, to feed the hungry. Because if we're honest with ourselves, the majority of us, unfortunately, are one bad month away from finding ourselves in a situation where we are going to struggle to put food on the table and to support our families. And so we have a job. We have a duty to feed people so that we can feed Jesus. Feed people and feed Jesus. What does that mean? Let's look at Matthew 25. We're going to be in verses 33 through 40 this morning. It says, he will put the sheep, it's talking about Jesus, he'll put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. You're either going to be a sheep or a goat. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. 
I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see your sick see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So if we break it down, when we feed people, we feed Jesus. When we feed people, we feed Jesus. You see, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me, all of us. I don't think there's one person in the room who wouldn't jump at the chance to provide a meal for Jesus. There's not one of us who wouldn't pull out all the stops to prepare our very best, to plan a meal, to plan a banquet. Not one of us wouldn't jump at that chance. We would all, we would go above and beyond. We would hesitate. It wouldn't matter about the money in our bank account. It wouldn't, mad, it wouldn't matter about whether or not it was inconvenient for us. If the opportunity presented itself, we would jump at it without question. Is there anyone in here who said, no, nah, I wouldn't do that? I don't think so. We would make it work. But when we see someone in need and when it comes to feeding people in need, we don't see that the same way all of a sudden we start worrying about our money and our convenience. And how is this going to affect me? And scripture, I think, makes it very clear that we have to see that situation, that opportunity as a way to serve Jesus, as a way to feed Jesus. We need to see those people as we would see Jesus. How would things change in our world if we all had this type of biblical perspective. Don't you think that that 11% in the United States of America would go away? Think about all the food in a week that you throw out. This isn't a guilt trip, okay? It's not a guilt trip. Everyone throws out food in America. It's crazy, a crazy thought for some from other countries. But in the United States, we throw away so much food. Think about just you personally, the amount of food that you throw away in a week. Oh, I forgot this milk was in here. Full gallon, expired, two weeks. Just gonna throw it away. Or here's half of my meal that I ordered at dinner the other day and I let it set too long. I'm just gonna throw it away. And we don't think we could find a way to feed those 11%. We can't find a couple extra bucks to buy somebody a cheeseburger and a bottle of water or a sub sandwich and a bottle of water or something. We have that responsibility. I ask these questions in the, like, in our mind, the answer is obviously, duh, yeah, we could do it, right? Like, these questions are basically rhetorical. Don't need you to respond. We already know the answer. We could figure it out. We could, but for whatever reason, we just haven't. 
But we need a messianic mindset. We need a Jesus mindset. See, Jesus makes it clear that anytime we serve on behalf of the less fortunate, we aren't giving to them. We're giving to him. We aren't giving to them. We're giving to him. When you see that guy standing on the corner with the sign and you give him a dollar, you're giving Jesus a dollar. I think this passage is that literal. I do. You know, Jesus was clearly um, talking about spiritual matters here, but the thing is, we have a responsibility to help fulfill the most basic need. It says, sir, they said, always give us this bread. This is John 6, 34, 35, I believe. John 6, yes, 34, 35. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and you still do not believe. You see, Jesus left people full. And like I just said, oftentimes he was talking in a spiritual sense. In our previous passage, it was very literal. It was very physical. Meet physical needs. Provide clothing. Provide food. Provide water. Visit the sick. Here, Jesus is talking about something spiritual, but there's a lesson to be learned that Jesus always left people full. Think about what he did with the 5,000. He met their spiritual needs, right? He spent literally an entire day with them, healing their sick, praying over them, teaching them. At the end of the day, the disciples came and they said, let's send them away so they can go buy food. And Jesus says, what? Let's feed them. Let's feed them. And he multiplies the fish and he multiplies the loaves. And it was miraculous. And we like to focus on that miracle. But we don't focus on the fact that Jesus just fulfilled a very basic need. People were hungry. He gave them food. And I think sometimes we do a disservice by just focusing on the miracle that happens in that passage. And not just the plain Jane act of providing the hungry with food. That's what Jesus was doing. That's where the focus should be. Not that he multiplied fish and he multiplied loaves. He met spiritual needs and he met physical needs as well. When you see people that are hungry and need, need, bless them, sure. Pray for them, absolutely. But feeding them is a must. Feeding them is a must. Your blessing will not fix their hunger. Your prayer is not going to chase away their starvation. Give them food. And then maybe, just maybe, you might be able to give them Jesus. Maybe. After meeting those physical needs, we'll be able to meet their spiritual needs. But in the United States, we have turned the church into a factory. It's all about getting people in, baptizing them, and getting them out the door. We want to save souls. We'll do whatever it takes to save souls. We'll give away iPads and TVs and bikes, whatever we can do to get you in there so we can get a giant inflatable swimming pool and dunk you repeatedly. And we'll just put them on the conveyor belt. We'll dunk them. We'll put them back on the conveyor belt. We'll let them leave the door. And we don't meet their physical needs. What 
are we doing? What are we doing? We saved their soul. I'm not saying that's not important. But Jesus didn't just save souls. He lived a life of servitude. He provided food and miracles. Really, it was Jesus provided health care. with no bills and a lot quicker turnaround on the surgeries, right? But Jesus provided for physical needs. If you need a reason, then Christ gives you a reason, right? He tells us to be unselfish for personal gain. That is what I like to call a good old-fashioned conundrum. It doesn't make a lot of sense. What do you mean be unselfish for personal gain? How does it even make sense? Let's look at Matthew 20, 16. It says the first or the last will be first and the first will be last. The last will be first and the first will be last. See, Jesus is talking all about the mindset of how we live our life in this passage. It's all about living a life of servitude, of realizing that our life here on earth, while it should be enjoyed, while there's lots of things to love about it, while there's lots of fun and joy to be had, and I think that God wants us to experience those things, it's just a blip on eternity's radar. And we aren't living life strictly for the enjoyment of the here and now. We're living life for the joyment. The joyment, is that a word? I'm gonna use it anyways. The joyment of eternity. Enjoyment. Sorry, that's how my head works. Adult ADHD is a real thing, in case you guys were wondering. But we aren't living just for what we can get now. We're not living for what we can just do now. We are living to build the kingdom of God. We are living for a far greater eternity. And Christ makes it clear that you're either going to be a sheep or you're going to be a goat. And the difference really is are you going to live an unselfish life? Yes, you have to put your faith and trust in Jesus. That's the only thing that saves you. But the Bible makes it clear that the saved will bear fruit. The saved will live a life according to Jesus' teachings and principles, and you will see. You will see the fruit that they bear. Being saved, being a Christian, isn't a state of being, it's a state of action. You are called to action. You are called to live out, not live in. And, and so we need to be unselfish for a personal gain because that personal gain for us is eternity. That personal gain for us is the recognition by Jesus that we are sheep and not goats. That personal gain for us is to hear at the end of the day, well done, good and faithful servant. And so we need to live unselfishly. I'm not saying that we walk around with our selfie sticks and record, hey, I'm giving Bob, the homeless guy, food today. Like, no, you're, not, you're doing that for likes and everything else, right? I'm not saying that you have to call attention to your servitude because Jesus will see it. God will know what it is that you've done. 
But there is personal gain to be had. You will be recognized by the fruit that you bear, or you will be cut down and you will be thrown into the fire. Because that's what happened to trees that don't bear fruit. They are pruned. They are gotten rid of. And so we will either figure it out or we will get figured out. Jesus will give the final accounting for your life and that's all that would matter. I would rather be inconvenienced now than later. Think about that. I would rather be inconvenienced now than later. I would rather struggle right now than to be before Jesus and to hear the worst words that I think you could ever possibly hear, depart from me, for I don't know you. Go away, because I don't have a clue who you are. You are a Christian in name only. As I said, being a Christian is not about having a title. And as a Christian, one of the best things that we can do One of the things that we need to focus on the most is providing for the basic needs of people. Out of your plenty, give to those who don't have enough. That's where the focus should be. That's what our mindset should be. That's why we partner with the community kitchen. Because they focus on people right here in Republic those that add to that 15% number in Missouri, as high as 61% during COVID. They focus on those individuals and individuals from surrounding areas because it's not just people that come in from Republic. They come in from all over. They focus on providing a basic need for people. And the message is very clear. It doesn't come with a sermon. It doesn't come with a You have to sit here for 30 minutes and listen to me talk and here's your food. It comes with a, we love you, have a blessed day. But we have to meet those physical needs before we can ever think about meeting spiritual needs. I firmly believe that. At the very least, we have to be thinking about them at the same time. It's not one or the other. It's both or we've done nothing. And so that's why we as a church partner with the Community Kitchen. That's why we as a church fight to end food insecurity in our world. We've got a short video. Uh, We're gonna look at Terry from the Community Kitchen felt most comfortable joining us uh, via video. And so we're gonna play that here. I'm gonna sit down and uh, we're just gonna talk about Uh, and see how it is that we help and and the areas that they need help and what exactly it is that they do. So bear with me, enjoy the video, and then uh, I'll pray after. But but let's take a look. Good morning. I'm Terry O'Reilly, and I'm the director of the Community Kitchen here in Republic. Um, We have been... um, in operation since February of 2012. And soon after that, your congregation, Cross Point Fellowship, agreed to send a team and help us out with um, our cooking nights. For those of you who don't know, the Community Kitchen 
serves anyone in need, anyone a meal. There's no qualifications. If you show up for dinner, you're going to get you're going to get fed. We opened in February of 2012, and the mission was truly a community-based operation. We have volunteer groups from different churches, civic organizations, scouts, the public schools. Um, really, it's, that's the only way it ever would have been able to have gone on this long, to have volunteers from other groups. And we truly appreciate Cross Point's participation in that. You've also been very generous financially, and that has really helped us in the past. Um, especially this year, we've had a lot of challenges with COVID. We've had to go with a drive-through instead of seated meals. We've purchased a lot of um, to-go containers and a lot of extra gloves and sanitizing, things like that. Um, and we really appreciate that, that uh, support. We are members of Ozarks Food Harvest, which allows us to purchase food at a greatly reduced price. Um, that being said, this year we've had to purchase extra protein because they just didn't have as much um, variety for us because they have been serving so many more people through their, their outreach in the community as well. Um, for example, when it was time to do the holiday boxes, rather than getting our um, turkeys and hams from Food Harvest, we had to purchase that at retail, and your contributions really went a long way to help us do that. Um, this past year, we've also um, branched out with our PBJ mission, which the PBJ lunches, we do that in the summertime to kind of bridge that gap between the um, school lunches for children and then school starts back up in the fall we do a three day a week distribution three places here in town and then we've recently added Billings Library to that and that was something around 850 lunches that we did this past summer and uh, contributions have gone toward that as well. I'm sure you'll agree 2020 has been a year of challenges. The community kitchen had to change as well. In March we had to transition from three seated meals a week to a drive-through meal distribution. We've been serving between 35 and 45 per seated meal on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and maybe 25 to 35 on a Saturday morning. We transitioned to cooking, cooling, and packaging 48 to 60 servings of two different uh, meals, mostly a main course, to be distributed through a drive-through on Tuesday evenings and then um, also on Saturday mornings. These meals are supplemented with come and go rescue food, which we receive from come and go um, two or three times a week. That consists of uh, hot sandwiches that they've pulled off their line and frozen, deli sandwiches, might be um, salads, yogurt parfaits, donuts, stuff like that. We pick that up at least twice a week, and then that goes out as well on Tuesday and Thursday. And that can be several. Uh, 100 pounds in a month that gets distributed that way. It's a bit of a trick to cook for the right amount for any particular meal, and our biggest meal distribution night we gave out 124 meals, which that represented 62 different individuals, um, two meals each. So working a kitchen like this, um, there's also equipment and mechanical uh, issues that we have to deal with and take care of. Community Kitchen maintains our own refrigeration and 
freezer units. Um, and then we also maintain the ovens and the plumbing here for the church. We use this kitchen 99% of the time. Uh, the church rarely uses the kitchen, so we take care of that for them. Um, we also saw a blessings box and a little free library. And the blessings box has items that we don't necessarily use in our kitchen, like cans of chicken noodle soup and maybe individual cereals, things like that. Also some um, personal care items, shampoo, soap, deodorant razors. And those are donated from the community as well as um, repurchase some of those things to go in the blessings box. It also has a little free library in conjunction with that, and we would love it if anybody's cleaning out their bookcases, if they can bring us some books to stock that thing. Uh, it really gets a lot of traffic, and we appreciate that. Move down into our pantry. This is where we keep all of our food um, that we have to work with. We're really good about seeing what we have and trying to figure out a menu from that, and as you can see, we're pretty stocked right now. Uh, we do have a fill trailer food drive in November after Thanksgiving and ends right before Christmas, and that's pretty much what stocks us up, as well as our partnership with Ozarks Food Harvest. Uh, at some point, we would like to be open for seated meals again. Um, that's going to that's gonna take some doing once the church gets opened fully back up and everything is back to normal. We will have to rebuild our volunteer group, and I really hope we can count on Crosspoint to help us out with that again. Um, really enjoy working with you all. Um, you can find us on our Community Kitchen Facebook, as well as we can be reached by email, community.kitchen.republic at gmail.com. And then we also have a, a Google Voice phone number. It's 417-986-7923. We have served nearly 45,000 meals since we opened, and this past year was, in 2020, was slightly over 6,500 meals. We could not have done that without your support throughout the years, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. So, as you see, uh, 45,000 meals. Um, since 2012, that's 45,000 opportunities to tell people that Jesus loves them. And uh, I think it's really important that we serve in this way. It's, like I said, why we partner with the Community Kitchen. One of the things that I've loved about our partners and that um, even sometimes I learn new things about them is they're meeting multiple needs in multiple different ways. And, uh, you know, we can always give money, right? And we do. And, and you all are, are very generous. Our church is very generous. We have done things um, for a church our size that I never thought would be possible. And that happens because you all are generous to do so. But as Terry said, one of the things that they need is volunteers. One of the ways that we can help and, and not hurt our pocketbooks, if that is a concern for you, and I understand if that's a concern for you, whether you're watching online or you're here in person, is by serving in person. And so... They need uh, groups. They need teams. I know that Grant and Caitlin still serve every chance they get. I'm sure uh, that they'll be serving here soon as well. And so if that's something that you have interest in and you want to go and you want to learn, contact them and maybe you guys can set something up. But, um, you know, Jarek and I, like I said, we've served 
uh, a number of times, probably not as regularly as we should. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, but every time we have done that, we have left feeling blessed. We have left feeling honored. We have left with no regrets. Um, and um, so I just want to encourage you guys. Give monetarily still. You can give directly to them. You don't even have to give through the church. Um, give items. Let's get food for them. And we'll, we'll do that too when that time comes. Like she said, after Thanksgiving between Christmas, we'll help collect some food items for them. But there's ways to serve. There's ways to, to show people the love of Jesus. And our goal has always been as a church to not just talk about the things that we need to do but to actually do them, to make sure that we are really here to serve, to make sure that we really are choosing second and laying down the things that we think that we have to have in order to provide for things that people actually have to have. And so Community Kitchen is a great partner for us in that, and hopefully you see that, and it will inspire you to find a way to serve alongside them. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunities that you give us to serve in the world around us for the opportunities that you give us to be unselfish for personal reasons. Yes, to show people that they are loved and cared about and thought of, not just by us, but by our heavenly Father. God, we want to be sheep, not goats. We want to represent you well. And still within all of us a desire to do so. Convict us until we give in. God, we just want to be a church who surrenders our all to you. I ask these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Guys, I'm going to be standing right down here while we worship, at least through this first song. If you need prayer for any reason, uh, I'm going to mask up. I'll turn my mic off. But if you need prayer for any reason, please come up here and pray with me. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. We've tried to instill this in all of us, but prayer is one of the most important things that we can do. It's one of the most powerful things that we can do. If you have a situation that needs to be addressed, you should be praying about it. What better way to address that situation than to have somebody else praying alongside you? So come pray with me. If you want to talk about having a relationship with Jesus that isn't just about calling yourself a title, isn't just about saying I'm a Christian, but taking action. If you want to know what it's like to be a, a Christian, if you don't have that relationship, come talk to me. If you're interested in joining our church, you can speak to me as soon as service is done. Otherwise, right now, stand and worship God. Let's just lay everything we have out before him.